0: While farm to table might seem like the norm in many upscale restaurants these days, in Austin, we can thank Sam Hellman-Mass for his contributions in making it so popular and delicious. From odd duck and barley swine to his new venture, Suerte, Sam is slowly amassing his own tasty empire. Let's find out what inspired Sam's journey to culinary greatness and how he got started on his global food adventure. Here's our conversation with Sam Hellman-Mass. Hello, everyone, and welcome
1: to Founding Austin Masters and Founders Live podcast. We're here with Sam Hellman Mass. We're going to be talking a little bit of entrepreneurship, restaurateurship, and chefing. So it's a little bit of both masters and founders. I want to thank all of our sponsors for, uh, for letting us do this Still Austin, Tiny House Coffee, Kind Bar, Waterloo, Sparkling Water, and of course, where we're at, Russell Collection Fine Art Gallery. Um, I'm going to jump into this and, uh, and ask, well, for anybody that doesn't know, I have a personal connection with Sam. I, I cook um, on the side, and Sam was one of my original mentors that kind of, you know, took me from nothing to a whole lot of something and really spent a lot of time with me, so I'm really excited for this. Um, Sam, can we, uh, ask a little bit about your story where restaurants came into your life? Why cooking? It's, it's insanely difficult on your body. So is there passion behind it? Is it more than passion? Do you love the business? Um, all that good stuff.
2: Yeah. So I kind of screwed around for high school, started getting in trouble and just not really applying myself in school. And, uh, my high school had a culinary arts program where the students um, ran a little cafeteria that the teachers and students in the program did outside of Boston. That's where I grew up. And um, I kind of just always loved cooking since I was a teenager watching, like, I don't know, Great Chefs of the World on the Discovery Channel. I don't know if you remember that. and It just kind of captivated me. So I started doing that in high school, and I I liked it. I liked being in school. I liked being good at something and trying in class. And then uh, my mom... You know, my parents were just—they ha- were happy to see me like trying anything. Um, and my mom had a friend uh, whose coworker's husband's brother or something ran a restaurant in Central Square. And so I would take the train um, and go work for free a couple of days a week in this Caribbean restaurant, uh, which was actually really good, peeling plantains and doing whatever. And so from then on, I just kind of had that early goal since I was like, I don't know, 14 or 15, of like I want to open a restaurant one day. And um, I, pro- I wanted to go to cooking school. My dad's a professor of economics at a public university, just retired outside of Boston so being a person of, of, of education and stuff he pushed me. He said you know go to a four-year school and if you still want to go to culinary school you know you can figure that out after. So I went to school and studied, um, studied finance and entrepreneurship at Boston University and in the summers I was just cooking. Um, so been a dream since I was like 14 or 15 and always just kind of working towards that. figured I'd learn about business and finance in school and learn about the restaurant by you know experience and working in kitchens and through that I think I found out that I really loved to cook more than I liked anything else and so I just threw myself at that and moved to Colorado and Chicago and just worked in kitchens and come in full circle you know stepping out on this project I have now at Suerte like I'm not the chef but that experience I think serves really really well. Um, And and I'm glad I also kind of learned a little bit about business and finance and all that, because it's a part of it that's important to know about. Um, So, yeah.
0: I'd like to uh, ask a little bit about the innovation it takes to cook, because I think so many people don't understand that being a cook at a restaurant or a chef, um, there's a lot that goes into it from an artistic standpoint.
2: I think one of the, I mean, one thing that's, I don't know where this was kind of ingrained somewhere along um, my culinary education. It was never something that was in question. It was just like uh, sourcing ingredients from farmers. It was never something that was like, maybe we'll do it, maybe we won't. It was every place I've worked at had a focus on doing that. Um, and I think uh, when you source ingredients that way, um, confining yourself to be creative when you're not just going to buy anything in a catalog forces you to like um, create flavor from all of the ingredients you buy. And, and that part of being creative um, I really love, right, so if you if you make, um, I don't know, what's a good example, tomatoes when they're in season, you're buying all of them and you're blanching and you're peeling them and you're cooking them down for sauce and then, well, you have all the skins so you can dry them and make a tomato powder and then use that in something else or if you're buying a lot of chilies when they're in season, you know, you have to save all the scrap and soak it in vinegar to make chili vinegar and all these different kinds of um, you know, what can you get out of what you have? Um, Mark's got that great saying, most expensive uh, piece of equipment in a kitchen is the garbage can. Um, I think that just kind of illustrates the point where, you know, if you're going to cook with quality ingredients, you've got to figure out how to use all of it and, and create flavor from all of it, right? Like, taking a filet mignon and cooking it to medium rare and slicing it, it takes some technique and skill to do that. It takes a lot more to take the bones from a pig and make a, an amazing soup out of that you know right. so the creativity is I think it comes with time and um,
0: uh, using your senses Right. when you talk about passion for cooking is what you said a second ago is that where the passion is the creativity of cooking or, or is it just making the wonderful flavors and feeding people or what, what, where, what drives that passion I think
2: both. Um, making stuff with your hands that makes other people happy and that's delicious is a is a fun thing to do. Right. People, I, that doesn't get old. Um, I think the passion, I think, comes with that. And also, I mean, one thing that's so fun about the restaurant industry is all the different people you get to interact with, right? right. These kind of quirky cast of characters, whether it's, like, the nutty waiter who's... I don't know, just like a, a, a wacko, but loves doing what he does, or whether it's dealing with, you know, the lady who used to be in the CIA who started farming bees and now makes honey. Yeah. You know, all these people You've have stories and answer. things they've done in their yeah. lives, and like getting to interact with those people um, is amazing because so much, all of them have passion about what they're doing. Whether it's a farmer who raises goats um, or a vegetable farmer or someone that makes kombucha, so you kind of figure out how to make your restaurant a reflection of all the people you source from and the people you work with. Um, that's fun.
0: I have a question on the founder's side, um, starting your own restaurant or being part owner in a restaurant, however your path takes you, it takes a special something I would think because you hear that starting a restaurant is one of the
2: hardest things to do with high failure rates. Well, did that ever scare you off or was, I mean, how did you see that? So when I first moved down here to start um, barley swine with Bryce, he, he had the food trailer and was starting a restaurant. And I moved down here because um, I didn't like my job in Chicago and I wanted to I had a good, I knew Bryce was a fantastic cook and thought, it, I, you know, at the very least I'd learn what it takes to open a restaurant. We opened that restaurant here, you know, eight, nine years ago and it costs very little money compared to what it costs now um, to open a place. And we needed a little more money so I chipped in kind of what I had saved and um, was a partner. Bryce's business but was a small partner and Know kind of through that experience, I learned a lot. Learned how to, you know, we opened that restaurant with no walk in, we just had a reach in fridge, and we'd put the butter on the top because if it froze, it didn't matter next to the condenser. You know, that kind of just Mm -hmm. like make it happen with what you have. And um, I wasn't scared of that because I coming down here, I just felt like it was 40 seats and we were gonna make good food and it was gonna gonna work. Um, um, I don't know, the step of of where we're at now with, uh, with, with Odd Duck and Suerte, I still feel like we have all the tools to, to, to execute what we're trying to do at a really high level. And I'm not, I'm not scared of that, but yeah, there's tons of moments along the way where you're like, fuck, like, is this going to work? Are the tables too close together? Is the, you know, is the kitchen set up good? How did, why, why did we do that that way? All those kind of self-doubt moments. And I think just now seeing the place come together and open, it's like, it is everything I hoped it would be. And that stress is like, it's, it's useful because it pushes you to, like, you know, the more you question stuff or seek other people's opinions and all that makes your thing better. Um, but it can be painful, right, yeah. if you tear yourself up too much along the way. Um, so I don't know. The, starting a restaurant is, you do always hear that, high failure rates. But I think part of that is because there's so many idiots that are trying <laughs> to open restaurants. like, how many people are starting a semiconductor company with no experience in semiconductors, meanwhile, Jane, who makes really nice salads at home, thinks she wants a restaurant. You know, she might make it, but I think a lot of those folks that just see it as a, a glamorous, fun thing— their friends, their own place—is like it's a grind every day. And you know, if you haven't been in, in that in that game, you might be surprised.
1: It's the complete opposite of glamorous, actually, right? I mean, the the hours, the work. Especially if you're running a scratch kitchen and you're doing everything from from bone up, it's like a it's a fuck ton of work. I I know that I've seen I've seen Sam work eighteen hour days 82. for months and months and months, and it was it was one of the craziest things. Where you're sacrificing personal health, you, I mean, there's there's so much behind it. Um, but I do want to get to to Suerte. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Suerte? Where the whole idea stemmed from why Mexican?
2: Yeah, for sure. So I think it kind of started it almost as innocently as someone asking me, like, have you ever had a great corn tortilla? You know, that when, I, when we were at Barley Swine, the, the original small one, I was like, oh huh, shit, like, I don't know, where would you find one? And there's not, there's not too many places um, that nixtamalize corn from, from, you know, heirloom corn and, and grind it every day. So to find that kind of led me down a wormhole of, like, gotta go to Mexico and check out how it's made and get a small corn grinder start making it ourselves and we started doing that at Odd Duck for like one dish on the menu and I just got more and more obsessed with it and started thinking like I want to do a restaurant focused around this because you know it's a a craft just like making uh, pasta is to Italian food or naturally leavened sourdough bread or fine pastry. it, you know, making masa and sopes and pupusas and tacos and tortillas and gorditas—like it's all that, all that nuance is there. It's just its own set of things. Um, so I wanted to create a restaurant focused on that process and, and local ingredients, and that idea was was suerte. And and yeah, here we are, about to open.
1: Yeah, it's really it's really exciting. When are you guys opening?
2: That's the big question. I can't say that right now. We got <laughs> we gotta put out the little release, but soon, So yeah,
1: right This soon. won't go out before then, so it's okay. Um, but what? What I do? How how important was the learning process of actually building something that you're not, you you have no real experience in, you know, and and laying out blueprints and understanding everything that a restaurant needs and all the care? Did you did you grow? I mean, you've. you've so I've
2: seen that process twice. Two at, times at, at Barley, though, it was really t- it was really small. Mm-hmm. We had blueprints. We had to get permits. We had a GC. It had all the elements. Um, at Odd Duck, same thing. It was. Uh, it was a landlord um, uh, leasehold improvements deal. So they give us some TI, and then we raise the money and, and, and work with the bank to finance the rest of it. Uh, so this had the added um, uh, layer of I raised the money to buy the, the real estate um, and then do the restaurant. And that was, you know, a, a layer of challenge. But, again, it's like having a, a bit of a background in finance. Like, I'm not um, uh, scared to talk to a banker or make a spreadsheet or, you know, pitch to investors because I, I don't have to um, – just ask someone to make the numbers for me. Like I can, I can do that part of it. And uh, the real estate is, is I, I you know, I see a lot of uh, people in the industry um, leasing properties, and there can be great deals that are leases. But if you have the opportunity to um, do it all in, in, in one investment, it can make a, it can make a lot of sense. Um, you know, instead of paying uh, paying rent, you're paying off your your note, and what you pay in rent and what you pay for your note can be close to it can be more, the same or less depending on um all the terms and, and interest rates and all that. So that that was that's a good a good story buying the buying the property and all that.
1: Yeah. So the podcast is obviously about masters and founders mastering the craft. This is gonna be the first restaurant that you're not cooking in. No. And how does that feel, being that you you're a chef?
2: Yeah. Um and who's I your guess team? I don't know yet. Ask me in a couple yeah. months. I mean, it's pretty. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing a lot, and um, it's fun to, you know, not only focus on one area. I got to see the whole picture. Someone has to see the all the different sides, including the front of the house and the marketing and all that in the kitchen. And you know, I can go in the kitchen and having worked in the kitchen for a long time, like see what's going on and see, feel the energy. Are they organized? Are they ready? Are they behind, taste the food and offer my thoughts? And so I'm still in the game in that regard, because I think Firmin uh, really values my uh, my thoughts um, and and knows that I can help him uh, reach the mountaintop in some way um, and, and, and push him. Mm-hmm. So I think he, he values my thoughts.
0: It's I fun. know it may be a lot to think about the moment, but. Is this step one of other pro- other projects you have in mind, or is this? I hope so, but I know that uh,
2: to quote Bill Belichick, you know, you got to keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing, all that. So yeah, I mean, we got to we got to do this first. I think, and if we do a really great job, that we'll have a lot of opportunities to uh, to grow from there. But if we don't take uh, if you don't take the first step right, um, I think we're going to stifle our we're going to we're going to come out of the sprinter block a little slow if we don't. You know, be careful now. Good old
1: fashioned brick by brick you know <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so uh, i do want to ask one thing that we've been asking everybody touching on on failure and has there ever been a time where you actually did hit a wall and and if not what do you feel about about failure and and how do you overcome it for anybody out there listening on the chef or entrepreneurship side
2: that's a good question um I've had some jobs or experiences that, you know, when I was younger I, would, I wish I would have done a little bit um, differently. I have not opened a business and quote-unquote just like failed on one level, um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess on some level, you know, originally um, my, my partner and investor bought a, a lot in East Austin that we were trying to do for the restaurant site originally. And the neighborhood association kind of made it tough for us to move forward with our alcohol permit, and so like it wasn't going to be there. And in the face of that, like maybe it's not going to happen, I found this other opportunity, and put that property under contract with only the earnest money and had ninety days to like figure the rest out. So it was like on the on the other side of that great disappointment was a great opportunity. Um, I well, think it, it, things work seem to work out like that a lot, you know. Most often they do. From all the stories that we've done and
0: asked that question. It's funny how opportunities like that, when one door shuts, really others open. But actually, you have to make that door open. It's not that like you can't dwell on, oh, this didn't work, and and those fears and doubts in, in your Yeah, it was head. really
2: hard to uh, to make that step to go. Um, I'm going to do this project. You know, outside of the partners um, that I had been a, a part of doing two great restaurants that are still great. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to say you know I'm going to do this because it's it's what I want to see most that I can be a part of. You know following your passion, I'm yeah, sure. 100%. I, I,
0: is there anything else that we need to know about Suerte? Before it opens? I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, hear I think thing.
2: Suerte is going to be tasty. I mean, um, it, you know, being at that party last night, Ryan, and, and seeing the food for means-making and the, the energy in the space, I got a, I got a really good feeling that we're going to do something um, something special there. So. Well, I really have enjoyed this story, especially because
0: as a Master of Founder, there are people out there that have ideas, just like you. It's like, well, how do I execute? And sometimes it is, it is taking this path, partnering with others, and, and kind of pursuing that passion. Um, and you just have to have to make that happen. You know. So I really enjoy the story of where you're, you've taken it from one step, two step, three step, and now, now it's here. So very awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing some great things out of it. Um, I think that uh, we're good to go here. Any, any other comes from?
1: Just want to say to everybody listening. In Austin, Texas, got to go to Suerte, support Sam, Fermin, Carlos. They're going to do some great stuff.
2: Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, of Thanks. Course. Thank, Thank you, guys. you.
0: Is anyone else hungry now? If you are ever in Austin, make sure to check out one of Sam's restaurants and maybe stop by Suerte and see how those corn tortillas are doing. Thank you, Sam, for speaking with me and my guest co-host, Ryan Francis. The Masters and Founders team includes me, Dan Dillard, and producer Mariah Gossett. Thank you so much to all the folks at Founding Austin. If you're enjoying the show so far, please tell a friend. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate, subscribe, and share. It all helps. Thanks for listening.